To keep up with the rising costs of hosting the Hockey Hurts podcast, we encourage you to voluntarily support the podcast by visiting our Hockey Hurts Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash hockey hurts. Hello, and welcome to the Hockey Hurts podcast for April 11th of 2016. I'm Ryan Wilson. I'm Cameron Welch. And on this edition of the podcast, we kind of have a a little treat for you. We are actually going to execute our uh, playoff seedings idea that we've talked about in in past podcasts and where we are going to take the top seeds of each conference and allow them to choose their playoff opponent as opposed to this weird divisional thing they got going on now. Um, We're also afterwards going to break down um, the actual playoff matchups from this year, but we wanted to uh, take this as an opportunity to kind of give our idea a test run. Uh, Before we do the test run, I just kind of want to say a few things about how playoff seedings can go, and that's even with the uh, top seed picking, you're still going to get some undesirable matchups. You're still going to get... Uh, maybe matchups that happen the old-fashioned way, too. Uh, but the point of the top seeds choosing, I like, is it gives them ownership of it. So it may shake out similar, but at least the teams got to own those choices as opposed to you know, it being thrown on their lap. Oh, I, I agree. It's, it's one of those things where you look at the Eastern Conference standings now, and if you went... 1v8, 2v7, 3v6, 4v5. Basically, the league would have got all the rivalry matchups that it wanted. It would be there'd be three out of four series right there that are like traditional rivalries or rivalries that they'd like to create. And you just go, this is what happens when you try to contrive something. It never works out the way you want. You might as well just let it happen organically. But um, are you going to start off with the first? Uh, are you going to start off with Washington, or are you going to start off with Dallas? Um, I will. I'll let you start. You can choose. Uh, I'll take Dallas. Okay. And I think Dallas will would want Nashville. You think so? I do, and I think it for one reason and one reason only. The guy in net. Okay, and let me just give a, a little rundown of some of the goaltenders in the Western Conference. And I'm going to use 5v5 adjusted save percentage, which takes into consideration high danger shots and weighs those differently than low danger shots. You got Quick at 928, Brian Elliott at 939, James Reimer at 938. Um, Frederick Anderson, 927, Antti Niemi, 924, and Lettinen at 910, Corey Crawford, 932, uh, Devin Dubnik, 929, and, to your point, Pecorine coming up way behind everybody at 913. Nashville could get flurried. That's basically... Because that Nashville team, from the, the, the defensive roster out, looks awesome. I just I just don't have any faith in in Renee playing well enough to beat Dallas. And then you get there and say that, and you go, "What's Dallas's Achilles' heel?" You'd say it's their their debacle in net. 
So it's really a, a you know coin flip for me with every series that Dallas is in. So if I'm Dallas, I'm, I'm picking Nashville because it's basically weakness versus weakness there, I suppose. Okay. I would not have chosen them. Who would you have chosen? I would have actually had it the way the current setup it does. was mini? Minnesota is not good lately. Um, I'm not too worried about Devin Dubnik if Dallas is able to drive play on somebody, which I think they would um, with Tyler Sagan back. Minnesota, the last 20 games, is 24th ranked possession team. The lowest... Ooh, the lowest yeah, okay. The lowest of um, all the playoff teams in each conference. So wow. I would still take my chances in driving the play on a better goalie and hope that my goal – I mean, Dallas's goalies are either going to play well or they're not. But you're right. The Dallas situation is bad. They've spent the most on goaltending in the league, and it's among the worst. Yeah. But the thing is, though, you're exactly right with the – the, the goalie situation in Dallas, but the rest of the team's good enough to make it a 5-4 win. So I hope that they get a chance to play that way and the officials don't nullify all the fun stuff. So we'll see what happens. Plus Dallas, Tyler Sagan's practicing for the first time today. Yay! So, you know, he's got a... We'll see how much he has going forward. Well, look, I know about the Achilles... Very lucky. Yeah, you're going through it right now. <laughs> All right. So, what do you want to do with what do you want to do with Washington? Um, let's see. Washington's one. Pittsburgh's the two seed. Florida's three. Rangers four. Islanders five. Tampa six. Philly seven. Detroit eight. Um, I think if I'm the Capitals, I would take the Rangers. Even with Lundqvist? I th- think... Uh, I know. That's, uh, <laughs> the, I know it seems madness, but um, New York is the 28th ranked possession team in the playoffs the yes, last 20 games. Lundqvist. And they don't that's... have McDonough. <sighs> yeah, but they don't have Girardi either. I see where you're going with that, but um, (laughs) here's the deal. The Washington Capitals are the top shooting team in the NHL. They have loads of talent. They're excellent. They'll score. Yep. I I can't really argue any of that with Washington. Um, I probably, if I was Washington, I probably would have actually tagged... um, we would have tagged Detroit, to be honest. I was I thinking about that. One to eight. Hey, your argument with New York is, is solid. The the whole thing with the Rangers of them just not having the puck at all and it being all on Lundqvist's shoulders and, and hoping that they can get some goals on the break on the counter-attack is, is all true and valid. But if there's anyone equaliser that any of the 16 teams have got, Lundqvist is it. I know, and that was uh, there was much trepidation on that pick. <laughs> um, but twenty eighth, that's terrible possession, and not that that whole sample isn't with McDonough out. That was more recent, so they were bad before that. They're just going to be so bad without him, in my opinion. They still got 
one points on the year. So does that not quantify how good Lundqvist is? Uh, they were right in the shooting percentage. That was insane. That's leveled off. If you recall, no, I, I, we did a few podcasts fully, on that. Yeah, I fully appreciate the shooting percentage thing, but he's still got to keep him in games to be able to score those goals. Like, this is the thing that's Yeah, but be, not every game was against Washington. True. Oh, that's going to be frightening for Pittsburgh, either way you look at it. Um, I, um, I just... That 45.9% score-adjusted Fenwick the last 20 games for the Rangers... 45.9, you're, you're, you're talking about teams like Colorado. Oh, yeah, okay, that's just bad. Who's their high-end, like, game-breaker that can... I mean, Rick Nash, okay. I like Washington. They've played better, too. I know we were uh, a little bit tough on them lately, right? Yeah, but, but they seem to have turned a corner. I get I get what you're saying. Last... Um, Last 20 games, 53.2%. That's sixth best in the NHL, and I think John Carlson's return probably had a, a little say in that. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I think the, yeah, I think peaking for the right time as well. It's, um, yeah, Washington. It's one of those things where I started to get a little worried for Washington because you're right, their, their possession was dropping off, and Holtby's numbers were falling away with it as well. Um, so hopefully they've just timed it all right and, and they'll breeze through the first round for, for their sake and feel good for their second-round matchup. And I guess while we're talking about Washington, congratulations to Alex Ovechkin. That was amazing that he hit 50 goals with a hat trick. That's awesome. Seventh time for 50 goals. Only two guys have done it more times, and I would argue those two guys had it a little bit easier uh, based on the era and goaltending. If they could ever work out era adjusted, he's got to be the best goal scorer in the game ever, surely. Like if you could, I'm pretty sure he will be the best goal scorer of all time. Yeah, even better than Wayne's inflated numbers. Uh, Mario, with the injuries, that's tough because he doesn't have a larger sample. But I think, um, you know, when you're talking about Wayne, Mario, Ovechkin, <laughs> like it's pretty good company. Yeah. I know. The thing, the thing that I, I find amazing with Oveshkin is that he sort of dines out on a couple of things, and you've said this before with the Caps power play. You know where the puck's going, and he still scores. Do you know what I mean? So that's the amazing thing about it. It's like he can just he basically does what he wants, and no matter what you do to try and stop him, he'll still score. It's just brilliant. It, it's in an era where goal scoring is at a premium and is so difficult. The fact that he's got 57 times, I think, in his career where no other player's got past 40 twice. And would have eight, it's, if not for well, the lockout. Yeah, the lockout. He had 62. That pace was 62 that year. So I think it's safe to say he would have hit it. Yeah, definitely. It's just you sit there with it and it's just amazing. Um, so we've disagreed on both of them so far, right? Yeah. That's the point of this, though. <laughs> like, each team exactly. can have their ownership of it. And I <laughs> didn't mention at the top, this would be a TV special, by the way, on NBCSN. We would host it. We would host it. But think about just watching that and finding your team's fade out. And just, uh, like, Dallas and Nashville for you. 
Nashville's like, what the fuck? Are you serious? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you know, you want rivalries. There you go. Well, I mean, you get there and go, Dallas and Nashville, there's nothing between those. There's no history between those two teams for the obvious reasons. Oh, there How is now. Just <laughs> exactly <laughs> because of you. Right. You, create that, you create that animosity right off the bat. It's like, it's brilliant. Who would, what do you want to do for St. Louis? Now that Nashville's off the table, I would probably give them mini. Well, it is. I, it's your turn, right? Yeah. Yeah. St. Louis, definitely Minnesota. And St. Louis, I know we talked a little bit about Minnesota already. St. Louis, third best possession team in the last 20 games. They are finishing the year strong. Brian, goaltending for them in the playoffs is they they spent assets for Ryan Miller, who did not play well against Chicago. Brian Elliott, who's just always kind of been around, 939 adjusted save percentage this year at even strength. That's really good. That's as high as anybody um, I have written down for the starting goalies. Is, That's a great and question. And he's not going to come down to health because Elliott was riding the hot hand, got hurt. Allen came in. Riding the hot hand, got hurt. Elliot came back, still riding the hot hand. I don't know, they've sort of been flip-flopping towards the end of the year in regards to who they're going to do, but surely you just have to... No, like, buddy, Ottawa never trusted him, and St. Louis don't seem to want to trust him. They just give him a crack. Like, if he has a bad one, put him back in the next game. Play him through. Uh, it's... And then get rid of him. If he's no good, then jump on the, the Allen bandwagon but i don't i, I don't understand that whole, it's it's this year or nothing for that whole roster really isn't it for st louis yeah they're gonna lose some guys backies yeah that kind of stuff no i based on you doing dallas nashville and then st louis left over with uh minnesota here i i can't disagree with that i think that's the obvious pick based on um who's left who's left on on, on your end of things um, I don't know who I would. Maybe I would have done St. Louis Nashville because the other. Actually, you know what? Chicago is limping in. But nobody will want to go near him. I I I fully get what you're saying. Just nobody wants to go near him. Look at that Western Conference and the teams that are playing well. And there's only really a few sticking out that are not Minnesota being one, and Chicago's kind of the other one. They're uh, they're not where they've been, and they won't have Keith for one game. Crawford's just back from injury. Uh, it's an interesting one, but we'll uh, we'll stick with your St. Louis, uh, Minnesota. Are you are you suggest, are you hinting that St. Louis would run the gauntlet and go? Yeah, we'll take Chicago on. Is that what you're hinting at? No, based on your thing here, <laughs> I, I think they would take Minnesota. I think the next yeah. team up in the West. Is Chicago, but in our little uh, exercise here, Chicago's the third seed, so they can't pick themselves. No, that's very true. All right, what do you want to do in the East? What do you want to do in the East? Uh, I think it's you. You get to choose uh, Pittsburgh. No, I pick. I just picked the West. You pick this. You got to do the Pittsburgh one. Come on. Didn't I do Washington, New York? All right. Oh, okay. Um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got some interesting choices here. I think the team 
the Islanders is a good one because they're not playing well at all. Uh, their goaltending has been very good with Grice, but there's not a huge, long track record there. But his track record's always been good. Anders Lee going down hurts them. But I would look maybe at Tampa. I, I wouldn't do Tampa for one reason, and that would be Ben Bishop. But every goalie on here is in the same... I could read down the east. Fleury, 933. Holtby, 928. Mason, 935. Luongo, 930. Morazic is 930. Howard's 923. I really don't know which way they're going to go there. Bishop's 930. Grice, 935. Heinrich, 934. So really, is there a lot between these goalies? Isn't that my argument all the time? There's really not much separating a lot of these guys. No, that's true. You're gonna you're gonna die on that hill. Um, I so you you're think, gonna go. Who are you, who are you gonna pick? Who are you gonna say Pittsburgh's gonna have to play? I think I would go with the Islanders just because their possession is is not been good and they just lost a, a good forward in Anders Lee. Uh, they're forty seven point one percent the last twenty games. That's twenty second in the league. That's, I believe, the third lowest of any playoff team. And they know Thomas Grice. All the guys know how to shoot on him. But that's all fair and reasonable. Could I just ask you quickly off the top of top of your head and the screen you've got in front of you, what's Detroit's possession? 50.8, they're 12th ranked. So they've and been playing the last okay. Last, that's the recent stretch. Yeah, last 20. Because if I was Pittsburgh, I'd be really tempted to play Detroit. But for the fact that it's Pavel's last hurrah. Put it this way. The top seeds, Washington and Pittsburgh here, there's more of an argument for what teams they pick, I think. You look at the West and it's like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, it sucks for anyone. Like any of the top four teams, well, the top three teams, you just sit there and go. Because I have a feeling the way this is heading right now, unless you do something extreme with your next uh, pick with Chicago, that there's going to be a first round series that's not the kind of first round series you wanted to avoid with the top seed yes. pick. But <laughs> I think we're going to actually get it. <laughs> yeah. Because of um, a certain team's extremely slow start this year. Kept them in fourth place, but we'll get to that. So what, you would pick Detroit for that? I think so. But you already picked Detroit for Washington. Did I? I think you did. Oh, well, I can't do that then, can I? Oh, Christ. If I do that, then, then Pittsburgh would play. I think I'd end up in your ball court. I'd go the Islanders. My only hesitation with the Islanders is their rink sucks. That ice looks terrible. And the schedule is... So the Islanders in real life kind of tanked a little bit to avoid Pittsburgh. Their reward yeah. for that is Thursday, Friday, games one and two against Florida. Well, that's the price you pay. And they're away anyway, so as well. Um, the the other thing for me with – and this is this is the thing. like The numbers don't bear this out, but the, the feeling is that the Islanders have the weaker of all the goalies that are there. 
even though the numbers don't bear that out. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you've 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 been a, a big supporter of, of Thomas Grice in regards to um, the performances he provides and where he sort of ranks in amongst all of the goalies around the league. Anyway, I just don't think there's a five million dollar gap between him correct. and some of these other guys. So, so you get there though, and you go, "There's not a five million dollar gap." But if the Islanders use that five million dollar gap between him and Lundqvist to make that Islanders team better in front of the Rangers. And I would say no, therefore I'd take the Islanders over the Rangers if I was Pittsburgh. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So right now our official picks, uh, Dallas versus Nashville, St. Louis versus Minnesota, Washington and New York. I know that's a tired one, but, you know, the teams are picking to win, not for fans. Correct. Uh, Pitt. Islanders, so now we will go to the three seed in the West, the maybe vulnerable Chicago Blackhawks, and who would you uh, go with here? I think there's really only, well. If I was was Chicago, I'd I'd pick San Jose, and I'd base that purely on the old school theory of Martin Jones, first playoff run as a number one goalie. It could be Reimer. I know. Should be Reimer. Uh, Reimer had a meltdown when he played for the the Leafs. So yeah, you get there. Look, sort of. Yeah, but you get there and you look at it all old school style. That's what you want to do with it. Now, don't forget, Chicago is a very progressive hockey club, and they might not look at it that way. But you go San Jose, of the three teams that are left, they all happen to be from the same state. They're the weaker of the three that are left. So, basically, it happened. (laughs) L.A. and Anaheim is not an ideal first-round series. In fact, you could make an argument those are the two best teams in the conference facing each other in the first round uh, for the way we're doing this. But, really, the reason for that, Anaheim, awful start to the season. It's amazing they even won the division. So it goes to show you how great they are now, but standings-wise, they had so much to overcome. The best teams aren't always going to start like that. So you're not... I don't think this LA-Anaheim first-round matchup will be commonplace in in this um, top-seeds pick thing. You get there with eight series. There's always one series that everyone wants to avoid. It happens every year. No matter how you do it. one in each conference. It's just one out of the eight. Every time. There's always that one that everyone goes, well, that sucks. So Chicago and San Jose, that would actually be a a really good series. Uh, San Jose is the fourth best possession team in the last 20 games. I don't know how many people realize that they're they're playing really great hockey. 55.5%. Chicago is 13th at 50.3%. Or 50.5. My handwriting's terrible. But they're 13th ranked. (laughs) What was um? What did you say San Jose's was? Fifty-five point five, fourth ranked in the NHL. So you get there with that, and you look at at playoff hockey in the sense that it feels as though shot volumes drop. So does that five percent gap between San Jose and Chicago mean more? because the shot volumes are down, or does it mean less because shot volumes are down? As long as your ratio 
stays the same. The, the The events may lower for everybody, but you know we've always said as long as you're on the right side of those rolls of the dice, that's where you need to be. I suppose so. So San Jose, depending on what they do in goal, Reimer's at 9.38. He's played really well since coming over. I would start him. Crawford coming back from injury. Also good year, 9.32 is pretty good. But Chicago, the key suspension's more of an annoyance than anything because when he comes back, he's going to be well-rested and very good. And 33 minutes a night. I mean, he should be, <laughs> he, he should be out the whole first round, but he's not. He's only missing the one game. Oh, that's a loop of a conversation for the end of the year, that one. <laughs> but they, they're they not where they've been. And I know Chicago players have even talked about not burning themselves out during the regular season and knowing when to turn it on. I, I think they've admitted to that. But 50.5, the last 20, that's significantly down from some of these other teams. It is, but the thing that's amazing about that is that it's still better than 50 You know what I mean? Like, even Chicago at their worst still has the puck more often than the other team. Yeah, but that's not the standard when you're playing against all these. It's not the standard to win a Stanley Cup. I agree with that. It's just it does show you how good that Chicago team is, is that they can fall all the way off that high perch that they're on and still be that good. Here's the problem with... Um, the West, for everybody, really. Four of the five yep. top possession teams are, are the West. It's L.A., St. Louis, San Jose, Nashville. Anaheim's at seven. So you've got five of the top seven teams in the West. Jesus. So It's, um, it's one of those things you get there and you go, 87 points got you into the playoffs in the West. 93 points got you into the playoff in the East. Does that mean the East is better than the West? No, it does not. I think possession um, denominator in regards to how tough it is in the Western Conference just to gain points because you're playing against all those teams that have the puck more often. So, All right, that's the West. I think we got the West there. So Chicago, San Jose, and boy, oh boy, L.A. Anaheim. Enjoy that one. But don't you don't you like the fact that they went to three on three to try and have actual ice hockey played on the ice, not to decide the division, and then L.A. still ended up in a shootout and lost. <laughs> yeah, that happens. All right, so the Florida Panthers are up next, and. I think I would take Tampa over Philadelphia. And is that purely based on who they're missing? Yeah, I think I think the Stamco Strawman dual combo is is a lot to overcome. Tampa's 14th ranked possession. Uh, ben Bishop, yeah, he's good, but like I said, Luongo is his equal. So yeah. I think I would pick Tampa's injury-ridden roster for Florida, plus easy travel. Well, if you can get get away with it, why the hell wouldn't you, I suppose? So that leaves, for me, a Detroit-Philly 
I know standings wise, this kind of proves our point. You got Detroit and Philly; they're the seventh and eighth ranked teams here. Yep. And Philly's been playing good hockey, and Steve Mason's been playing really good this year. So while they're lower in the standings, I can. I, I'm. This is why I like this idea. I I wouldn't want a part of Philly. Um, there's some maybe extra motivation for that team as of this morning. With, uh, I didn't want to mention that, so you're a very brave man. Um, their their <laughs> longtime owner, Ed Snyder, passed away. So you know that's going to be a really emotional team. We saw what happened with the Rangers when Marty St. Louis went through uh, losing his mother. Uh, hockey teams this late in the year are really tight-knit families, and, and that kind of stuff really has an impact at times. And... Philly's been playing great for the last month, and they're actually the third best possession team in the East. So that's why I've avoided them with my selections. And for that, they will get Detroit, the two teams that were battling it out the whole last month to make the playoffs. Now they get to play each other to see who goes the hell home. So hang on, who did who did the Rangers pick? I had them. I I picked them for Washington. Oh, that's right. So they're already taken, weren't they? And then you end up with... Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I'm going, there's something I've missed. So, our official top seeds pick playoff opponents, Washington versus New York, Pittsburgh versus the Islanders, Florida, Tampa, Philly, Detroit, you have Dallas, Nashville, St. Louis, Minnesota, Chicago, San Jose, (laughs) LA, Anaheim. I knew LA Anaheim was happening when I when I saw the standings last night. I'm like, how do we avoid this? I'm like, eh, it's not happening. No one's gonna pick either of those two teams. No. So there it is. There's your television special. Um, I just love the fact to give. What's the point of the regular season? There should be an advantage to finishing higher. The advantage should be as simple as this pick. You get to pick. That's what you've earned. So I just I don't think that the I just don't think the Capitals have got any reward for having such a brilliant season this year. They're playing a team that is very confident. They're playing a team that has a very good goalie. Um, and to be honest, there are other teams inside that that playoff mix in the East that they should have every right to pick and play against. They are the President's Trophy winners. And you're right. What's the reward there? There's not one there. And we've had this conversation before in previous podcasts. If you're going to go and, and shift things around like they have, go out there and grow some balls and, and, and do something extravagant. Do something really out of left field. None of this sort of stupid tinkering with divisions and trying to force teams to play each other year after year after year after year. Let it happen. Let's get rid of divisions. Just do conferences. Top eight teams make it, top seeds pick, boom, done. At the very mm-hmm. least, do one eight, two seven, three six, four five. Eliminate whatever they're doing right now. It's so dumb. Oh. That's not to say you can't get good playoff matchups with what they're doing right now, because inevitably you have the top eight teams in in the conference. You're going to have some fun matchups because it's the best of what's left over. Yeah. 
But what's the just, what's the advantage of it to teams that do well? Sometimes you get just screwed. Hey, look, the LA San Jose series that's actually panned out is going to be a good series. Oh like yeah. That, and Chicago St. Louis, you can't argue with that. I mean, you've got two really good series in the West. You know, you, you can still sit there and say Pittsburgh and New York should be really, really good. Tampa, Detroit, that seems a bit flat. And, and you hope that leads into a Tampa, Florida semifinal series, to be honest, or a divisional final or whatever the hell they want to call it. So you hope it bleeds into that. I just don't like it how your first two rounds are inner division. It should just be wide open. Yeah. If, if the Capitals if the Capitals win against Philly, their reward for getting to the next round likely will be, play, will be playing the second or the fourth ranked team in the conference. I don't I don't see how that's that's worth 120 points for the year. I don't. I don't get where the reward is for that. You should have, if you've done all that hard work for the 82 games, you should be able to get technically the easiest way through to the Stanley Cup playoffs because you deserve it. You've, you've earned it. So I, once again, the NHL just... And the other thing with the, the top seeds pick, they can pick based on injury as well. Yeah. So like I picked the Islanders because... One, they're not playing that well. But the Anders Lee thing, that's a tough loss for them, I think. So Haven't I, they lost Harmonic as well? He's dinged up, yeah. I think he'll be back, but he's been missing okay. missing time. Uh, yeah. But you can make those choices. Say a middle seed plays another middle seed with the way that it's kind of set up now and that other middle seed just loses their superstar and then the top seeds just sitting there like what the hell yeah so i don't know i'm sure some people out here listening are like you guys are fucking dumb <laughs> but crazy. i think it would be fun you can make a tv event out of it it's different i think it puts ownership in the teams and their path to the stanley cup which is nice and it creates a lot of talking points. Just think of the discussions that could be had. Uh, people mad with the, the 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 choice that was made. Imagine Dallas Stars fans if they uh, had Walshy as GM and they picked Nashville instead of uh, Minnesota. You know. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but no, you're exactly right. That's exactly how it works, and that's that's the whole point of it. Is it generates more discussion, and it. it and no, no, I don't think there's any other league around the world doing anything like this. It'd be a, it'd be a world first. It would be being cutting edge. It would be out in front. It would be something the NHL just isn't, and and that's why it will never happen. Agreed. But we had fun doing it. I hope you had fun listening to it. We're going to shift gears now uh, to actual playoff matchups. The real, the real world. So I actually have to look up what they actually are. You want Washington to start? Philly. Okay, Washington so we, v. Philly. We, we've talked a little bit about this already and how Philly has played well down the stretch. And Steve Mason, I don't think people actually realize he's like almost the top goaltender in the league the last couple of years. Yeah, he's good. Just a little good, guys. Just watch him. Uh, Nick Mercadante just did a, a analytics conference in Vancouver. Uh, he's got a new goalie stat. I haven't been able to dig into it, but he does have his Mercad per 61 that I like that kind of weighs where goalies are versus what the league average is. 
adjusted. And Steve yeah. Mason's been at the top the last few years, so um, tough to argue against him and his quality of play. Holtby, obviously, really good, too. But he's actually the lowest adjusted save percentage guy other than Jimmy Howard in the conference. And I know that probably sounds weird to people because his name gets talked up for the Vesna, But, you know, that goes back to people analyzing goalies based on wins, not the actual... I, th- I think the thing that's a bit unfair f- for me with... It's the recency bias thing as well, because earlier in the year... Holtby was amazing. He was playing lights out. Statistically and aesthetically, he was was playing really, really well. As the years sort of progressed along, and, and obviously they were just runaway winners with, with everything, um, I, I think there was just that, that human drop-off in regards to being able to maintain that high level of play for 82 games of the year for the entire team and then for the amount of games that, that, that Holtby was playing. He started to look a little washed out around about 60 to 70 games into the year, and I really thought they were going to burn him out trying to get to Brodeur's record. So hopefully, for the, the cap's sake, that's not the case. Holt becomes out and pitches a shutout in the, the, the first game, and off he goes. But the, the probably the biggest weakness for me with Philly would be their, would be their defensive end of the, the team. Um, their bottom pairing could, could get seriously exposed with the forward depth that Washington have, and it would rely on Mason to be as elite as he's been in the last couple of years. It can certainly happen. Um, I think a month ago, or a couple weeks ago, I, I may entertain picking Philly here. But as I noticed, Washington is, is the second-best possession team in the East heading into the playoffs. That's something that wasn't there before when we talked about this a few weeks ago. Yeah, Carlson's back. That's very big. That that drops down there. Hopefully, that drops Mike Weber out of their lineup. Well, everyone seems to fit where I think the general manager wanted them to be. If you know what I mean. That that probably yeah. Everyone sits in the slots that you go right. We know he can play at this level. We know he can play at this level. Really helps. Like Carlson Niskanen. Alsner, Orlov, they're all okay. And then you get the the Orpix and, and Weber's. They're not huge. they're not extremely deep on defense, but they're they're you know, who is? Well, yeah, that's a but Well they, that's the thing. Chicago's not deep on defense. They just play three guys sixty minutes a game. Seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so we both agree there. I, I I would pick Washington. I would, but it could be fun, and, and I'd say probably sick a couple of OT games in there. Oh, always. So, all right, Pittsburgh, New York. I think this one, Pittsburgh's like the hottest team, pretty much in the league for the most part. They should roll the Rangers, who haven't been playing good, without Ryan McDonough. We talked extensively about the Henrik Lundqvist factor, but the Penguins have gotten under his skin. I mean, he was launching nets over 
<laughs> just just a month ago. So they can score on him. It's not like it was a few years ago where they were probably a bunch of head cases. How do we beat this guy? I mean, they ran him out of the game for the first time in like forever. And the 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 thing with the Penguins, and we still don't know the goalie situation. I think we haven't had a podcast since then. I think they bungled that. Um, having Flurry out with two concussions and him not getting any game time until the playoffs, if he does start game one, is dicey in its own right. He needed Volkun insurance, and that insurance was Matt Murray. And him getting hurt in the meaningless season finale is not good risk management in my book. And I don't think that's really a hindsight opinion. When you're talking about the drop-off from Flurry Murray to a Zatkoff Jari, you need to see the big picture there. And just like Sid Letang, you got to say, all right, Zatkoff, you're, you're playing this game because we just can't. The justification for playing Murray was, oh, we'll get him experience in a high-pressure cooker and all that stuff. It was that's like, not, they didn't, it, not a high-pressure cooker game because the Penguins didn't have their roster out there anyway. Both teams were playing for something. Yes, it meant something. All right, let's be honest, though. Let's let's pretend it was. Is one game really change a goaltender? I mean, are we being serious <laughs> with that? He's going to magically you know, be... Say he shuts the Flyers out, and this is a high-leverage, high-intensity playoff cooker game. Is he really a different goalie? No, he's the same Matt Murray that looks ridiculously calm as we've seen. He was in a pressure cooker the second Fleury went down, and he had to play down the stretch. And what did he? What was his quote? Yeah, I'm comfortable with being the number one. That's what I want to be goalie for. End of story. Boom. That's that said. That's the big equalizer here, I suppose for for Pittsburgh. I mean, my, my assumption is that Marta will play. Game one, um, Bennett will, will definitely be an option in game one if they want to go that way. Um, who else was missing? And then Fleury was missing as well. So it just it just seems so silly that you've got your number one goalie out with a concussion. Yeah, the guy you've been playing is number one with your number one out. Has been playing great last game of the year. You don't need to win it. Nothing changes for you by playing him. You're already sitting your number one center and your number one D-man, why take the risk of having your backup go down and then you're left with your 1C and 1D, and the one they're probably going to play if they have to is probably the 1D guy. I reckon Jerry would be better than Zatkov. I don't agree. <laughs> Jerry started hot this year, AHL. He's he been... did cool off, though, didn't he? Cool off. He's like low 900s in the AHL. I don't. I know Zakoff takes a lot of crap, but he's the better option out of the f- him versus Jari, I think. Put it this way. If Pittsburgh gets league average goaltending, which really any goalie is capable of some run of that, they're going to probably roll the Rangers. Do the, are the Rangers going to have to rely on a ridiculously high shooting percentage to push and this thing to seven? Their PDO is going to have to be off the charts. So not only shooting percentage, but King Henrik on the other end. I'm expecting Kim Henrik to be King Henrik on the other end. So PDO through the roof, yeah. I mean, and you're talking short samples, which playoff series are. PDO can, can get you through. But I just think the 
the Penguins at 56.8% versus the Rangers at 45.9%. That's a 10% difference. That's, like, enormous. The shot volume is going to overwhelm the Rangers, and like I said at the top, McDonough is out, and that injury is worse for the Rangers than even I think the Melkin one right now is for Pittsburgh. I know that sounds crazy. No, it doesn't because you, you, of what McDonough does for – yeah, I get what you mean. And you look at the way the Penguins are going at the moment without Malkin, adding him in as a positive. He's not filling up a massive gaping hole, whereas adding McDonough back in fills up a gaping hole just to get them back to average. Oh, so sp- I get what you mean. And speaking of which, uh, it seems pretty likely that Malkin will be back from everything I'm reading. Sometime in uh, round yeah. one. And okay, in round one, not game one. Okay. No, 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 I don't believe game one. So game one is Wednesday. Game two is Saturday. Game three is Tuesday. There are two-day gaps in between the first three games. I think Malkin will be back at least by game three. I reckon if Pittsburgh win games one and two, I reckon Malkin's back game four. It, well, they could cross that bridge when they get to it, but I just think... Yeah, um, no, no. First game in New York. He likes playing at Madison Square Garden. I, I think it would uh, be a bad one. Josh Yoey doing me a favor here, tweeting out, Evgeny Malkin is on the ice working on shooting the puck, and he looks pretty good. <laughs> so he'll be back. Not for game one, <laughs> but he will be back in the playoffs unless Pittsburgh is a dumpster fire. So I think we both agree here comfortably Pittsburgh no, you say you say comfortably. I do not. Any team that has Lundqvist on it, I know. I don't I say. Know. You, I just I can't do it. Like, I just I just can't. So until they actually beat them, I still say this thing's going to be close, and I reckon Pittsburgh will win it in in New York in Game Six. I just think there's almost an 11% difference in their possession stats, and it's only going to get worse for New York with McDonough out and better for Pittsburgh as they get guys back. I'm here. All the promotions are just saying no. I think think a lot of that is this is the third year in a row they're playing each other. Yeah. And the Rangers got them the previous two times and, and a big reason was Lundqvist even though I think the Rangers were the better possession teams both those years because Pittsburgh just had atrocious depth and that's not the case anymore they're going to get depth scoring see Lundqvist shut down the stars the other two years because that happens in short samples and had nothing else to help there's there's depth Matt Cullen's got like f- close to 15 goals Benino is scoring they got Phil Kessel now Kuhnhockel has shown some um, nice playmaking ability. Like this isn't Cheers. this isn't Glass. Oh, speaking of which, he's on the other team. <laughs> um, <laughs> this isn't Tanner Glass. This isn't uh, Lapierre. This isn't just Craig Adams. This, it, it they're not rolling out junk anymore. You don't get a break from Pittsburgh. And unlike last year, Chris Letang is playing. Yeah. So okay. I'm okay. comfortable saying Pittsburgh here. Um, not because I write for them, but because it's, well, I guess because I write for them because I follow them closely (laughs) and I believe that it's not a smoke and mirrors thing with their success. I think it's legitimate success, well-coached goaltending is the number one factor in the series. Is it flurry Murray and how good's Lundquist going to be? 
So, and with that, let's move on to Florida and the Islanders. Yeah, this one's tough. Um, in the sense that back-to-back games is not helping Yager's cause out. No, that's very it's not true. helping anybody's cause out, but he's their best point production, even strength guy, and back-to-back days is not good for that body right now. And I know he's a freak, but that's tough. It is. So what you, I still say Florida take it out, but I don't know. Florida in seven and rats on the ice at the end. I like Florida. Um, 51.9% 10th place possession team. Luongo is playing really well this year. And the Islanders are the second worst, like we've said, in the uh, playoffs without Anders Lee. I, um, I think Florida. I suppose the, the thing with you is negate all of that play would be Tyrese actually being the tomorrow's last year. He's been so hot and cold this year and inconsistent and has looked like he's about to break out to be, you know, that top echelon sort of a guy. And he's all year he's just sort of been slightly below that level. So if he suddenly turns it on, which is very possible to happen, then... I think that series sort of becomes a little bit closer than than what you're probably giving the Islanders credit for. Oh, I don't think it'll be a, a runaway for Florida. I'm just picking Florida. Yeah. Well, I, I am too, but I, I suppose if Tavares can light it up, then it becomes very different very quickly. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. It's tough. You have a great year over the large sample, and then you just get into these uh, best of seven things. And if you get a, you know, you've seen every star player go on these, like, incredible runs, but then they also go on their incredible cold streaks because every player in the league has them. And a lot of it is just kind of variance luck. Well, what's yeah. the luck going to be? And that's where why the depth comes into play so much for the playoffs. And I think Florida did. I think Florida did a nice job picking up guys like Hudler and Purcell to help with that scoring depth. So if Yager goes cold and he's tired because it's back to back, if Barkov's a little bit off, um, you still got guys like Jokinen, Hudler, Purcell, that kind of stuff to to help out Trocheck. Although he's hurt, isn't he? It's the French guys that we need to cut. It's, it's how good your French guys are, the ones that chip in that goal where you don't expect it to be. Like, you look when the Penguins won the Cup. What did Taylor have? Almost double-digit goals the year that they won the Cup. And he scored the two in the, in the game, in game seven. So you're not banking on Talbot scoring those goals, but they're the ones that end up winning you the Cup because they score goals out of nowhere. That will happen. But the Stars are really the ones that drive you to get there. Yeah, they they drive you there, and the, and the the fringe dwellers are the ones that that get you over the top. If, if that makes sense. They need supplemental help, and like you said, the you know the Max Talbots, uh, the '09 versions of Max Talbot can. <laughs> yeah. Good clarification. Not not the present day, but um. So we'll see, Florida. 
I think Florida got a, a pretty advantageous matchup here, considering what they could have got. Well, I could have ended up with Lundquist. So, I think we both go Florida there. We do. Tampa, Detroit. This is kind of like the wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the big thing about it, though, is that the last we see Pavel Datsuk in the league, so... It is something that if you... Crazy scenario. Pick, Crazy. If we you talk. have to pick and choose, and it's Game 7, and it's Detroit-Tampa, get there and watch it. I think I'm taking Detroit based on the injuries to Tampa. Now, Detroit's got some murky goaltending. Howard's been their guy down the stretch. Howard's been bad for a lot of... He hasn't been as good as Mrazek throughout the whole year, but Mrazek's been bad lately, so they're, they have a legitimate issue on who to pick there, where Tampa does not. Yeah. In fact, Tampa could roll out Vasilevsky and probably be just as fine. That, that's the thing. Like If Peter Mrazek goes back to mid-season before, before he got injured, then I'd say the goaltending's a wash. But Bishop and Vasilevsky have it in the bag for me the way it looks at the moment and that Tampa team overall missing Stamkos and I think more importantly Strollman I still think that Tampa team all over is is better than that Detroit team that's there and it'll be interesting to see how how it goes in the series but also uh, Mr. Druin and how he actually gets deployed Scored a game winner. You did. How about that? Anyway, Go figure. What do you want to ask? Not all right. I think losing Strawman's just a bridge too far. Stamkos stinks, I, I but I think Strawman hurts him more. Well, the whole distribution of minutes for that back six gets totally thrown out the window now. And Cooper didn't like riding Hedman. He liked keeping him under 25 minutes. But I don't think he played over 25 that often. Well, he's going to have to. So... He's going to have to play close to 30. And I know Hedman's young and, and he's very, very fit. But to ask a guy to go from playing 25 minutes regular season to then 30 minutes, well, you know, 28 to 30 minutes in the playoffs, it's asking an awful lot. So hopefully Hedman doesn't wear down because um, they should just play him. They should just play him through and you just hope that he gets through. So, so who um, – we, we, we agree again? Or did you take Tampa? Um, no, I took Tampa. I okay. took Tampa instead. All right, so we're opposite of each other on this one, but um, yeah. you know they're both kind of in that same possession range. Goaltending favors Tampa, but the injuries to Tampa kind of skew that possession metric a little bit lately. Correct. Uh, Toss up. So we're on different sides of the coin there. So be it. I'm fighting for the Florida in the next round. So, I mean, that side of the bracket, though, I mean, whoever wins that gets Florida or New York. They're not getting Pittsburgh, Washington, or Philly. Like, that side of the bracket's got a freebie. The Islanders getting down there was the best thing that ever happened to them. Because if they beat Florida, they could take Tampa and Detroit. You're right. That that side of the bracket is set up for whoever wins. It's their- brutal. Of those, of those four teams, they all sort of get there and it looks like 
if they get through it, people will look back on it and go, oh, they got it through easy, which in reality is not the case. Yes, comparatively but, speaking, it is. Yeah, but that's the thing. The series themselves aren't easy, but you look at it numerically and you go, well, they were the weaker teams of the conference. So let's um, let's head west. We've got so the battle the Dallas, Dallas, Minnesota. I need Dallas to win because I love their style of hockey. I can't. I don't want to so, see yeah. it unsuccessful because you know it'll happen. Yep. So I want to win in five. Tyler Sagan's health is a big question mark, as stated. Um, Coming back from an Achilles, I'm sure you can speak to that. That's probably not the easiest thing to do. No. It, it, look, it's one of those things where he might be in a little bit better nick than me when he got hurt, so he should be able to come back from it a lot quicker. It just comes down to if you can explode and, and you can push off and, and get, get his speed ASAP. So it's... They'll just have to play him, and, and if he gets through, he gets through. If, if he re-injures it, well, he's got, what, six weeks? Or what is it, six months to get back halfway through the year? So, he's going to have to play them. done so well this year to, to have some fall apart based around that, and Dodgy Dalton would be very disappointed. I just don't want to see them put their tail between their legs and curl up under the house, so I want them to, want them to have a go. The goaltending's a, a, an issue, though. I mean, I cannot believe how much they spend on it to get the results that, or lack of results that they do. That's going to be a real problem. What happened to Lettman? He's terrible. Nine ten. That's. I just. You're right. He is terrible, but he wasn't. Well, he is. <laughs> he was. Ne- he was never elite. You know what I mean? Like he was never elite of elite, but he was league average. Well, he's not, so I think Niemi's no. got to be their guy. Um, I think with Sagan back, Dallas does their thing and and plays to their strengths of generation, shot generation and all that stuff. I don't think Minnesota's possession the last 20 games is anything to write home about. It's the second worst in the entire playoffs. So Dallas just have to go, 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 and just have the puck all the time. And then that way the goalies aren't a problem. That's, I think, the attitude they're going to have to take through the playoffs. And and, and we'll, we'll see whether it, it bears out for them or, or, or whether they get they get done on those back-breaking goals after they've dominated play and then a, a trickler goes in or something like that. So that's going to be what will be their, their, their downfall. I mean, you know, Devin Dubnik, Definitely isn't the Devin Dubnik from last year. Will he get hot again? Possible, but I, I find it doubtful. Um, so I think we both agree, Dallas? Yeah. All right, St. Louis, Chicago. I think that I like how St. Louis is entering the playoffs here. They do. St. Louis for years has kind of been in this, like, Middle area where they got a lot of good players, but no game breakers. But I think that that isn't the case anymore. I think Tarasenko is as good as anybody. So they they have that game breaker now. When they need a goal, they can, you know, at any given moment, he can give it to them. And I think that's been lacking in years past. And there's the thing with 
Chicago. They have Taves, they have Kane, they have Keith, they have Seabrook. Like they've got oh, maybe not so Seabrook, but they've got three they've got three game breakers on their roster. For a team that everyone's sort of saying is in a little bit of a malaise, they've got three of those and St. Louis really have only got one and you could make the argument that maybe Petriangelo or or Shattenkirk are the offensive stuff on the blue line that could create something out of nothing, but it's where St. You're right. It's where St. Louis probably falls down is that they don't have enough natural game breakers to do something inside a very restrictive system. I don't know. I like Schwartz. Fabry's been good. Um, they're they're okay. Steens. No, they they are. It's one of those things where it's just that whole Blackhawks fear thing. It's like. Blackhawks have been so hard to actually beat through the last six years. Um, St. Louis has every right to be favourite, has every right for people to get on their get on their bandwagon and, and be right behind them, but then you go, they're playing the Blackhawks, and they've not been able to get past that hump. And and it is the last kick of the can for the way this roster's constructed core-wise because guys like Bacchus are, are undicted, and, and you, you sit there and think to yourself, it's now or never for this particular crop of St. Louis Blues. Will that be something that will band them together and push them forward, or will that make them deers in the headlights? I know it's not popular, but I think I'm picking it um, against Chicago here, just based on how relative to their greatness they're limping into the playoffs. I think St. Louis is the opposite right now. They're the third best possession team in the league coming into the playoffs. And it's really almost a coin flippish series, but I'm gonna go St. Louis. Probably be wrong, but whatever. I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna go St. Louis in five. Oh wow! <laughs> I uh, usually don't attach games to it because it's so random. Like exactly. I, I I look back at like the the Pittsburgh Boston conference finals from the lockout shortened year. And it was a sweep. And then I look back and analyze the actual series and like 11 of the last 13 periods, every period was within one goal. <laughs> it's like, was it really a sweep? It's it, it was, it was, it was well played and, and it did, it was a sweep, but like picking game totals, it's like, all right. <laughs> After everything I just said about, you know, fearing the Blackhawks, you just get there and go, surely some of those coin flips have to go St. Louis's way at some stage. You know what I mean? So that's sort of how I looked at it. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm going St. Louis. We both are. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Anaheim, Nashville. And I think based on you earlier in the podcast, having Dallas pick Nashville, I, I can kind of think where you're going to go with this one. I think Nashville is playing great hockey, top five hockey um, coming in. But yeah, yeah. Pecorine, I don't think enough people are talking about how he's not really good. In fact, he's really bad this year. And will LaViolette have have the balls to pull him if he's not playing well because he's kind of an institution there he's one of their yeah that that's the problem you've got it's it's i'm gonna refer to flurry twice in this it's a little bit 
you know, he could they he, he could submarine a very good team there, um, and then the coach could hitch his wagon to to that rather than actually pulling him and putting him in Carter Hutton. So it's it's a tough call. Like I hope for Nashville's sake that they get beaten rather than beating themselves, if, if that makes sense. So um, Carter Hutton hasn't been great either. He's got nine. No. 19. That's, that's the problem. Like, you get there with it, and it's like that team looks solid. Like, their back six are good. Um, you and I both said the sexy pick after Johansson would be Nashville, but it's what goes on in net. If, if they get a league average, and that's all we're asking for here, they're a real good chance to beat that Anaheim team. I'm just not banking on them getting that type of goaltending, so I'd, I'd say probably Anaheim. I think it's tough to pick against Anaheim. I, a lot of respected people I, I follow on Twitter are picking them for to win it all. And, you know, who am I to argue against that? They've um, they've had a hell of a turnaround. And I'm not so sure it was a turnaround other than just good fortune finally happening to them. I thought they played well throughout their losing streak, but their shooting percentage was just dreadful. And when, it's, and when it started to come up, they've become pretty darn dominant. I like their defense a lot. I think Hampus Lindholm is very underrated. Simone Dupre is back in the lineup. Sammy Vatanen, Cam Fowler isn't quite as good as I think a lot of people think, but when you throw in a lot of other guys that are pretty good and he can just kind of be there, that changes things. And... If he doesn't have, if he's a number three, he's awesome. If he's a number two, he's good. If he's a number one, you're in trouble. I suppose, it, and that's what you mean. You throw a good group around Cam Fowler, and he suddenly becomes better. He's a, he's a good sum of the parts sort of a player. But I think, I think Anaheim did good on the trade front this year. I think picking up Jamie McGinn is nice for depth. Brandon Peary can score goals, as he showed um, in Florida. David Perron's been great for them. I think that's one of these trades you look back and you're like, wow, both teams really did a nice job there. He's hurt. I don't know when he's expected back, though. Yeah, I haven't heard either, actually. And I don't know where... I suppose I'll click on it right now. I suppose the biggest thing with any Bruce Boudreaux team is, who does he start in net? Anderson. Don't want to go with Gibbo? Uh, let's see. The 9.27 for Anderson this year, 9.17 for Gibson. That's easy enough. I haven't followed the, the recent sample with them because I can't follow every team that closely. But Why not? I, I know. I would start with Anderson. This is probably the last run they'll have with him, I think, He'll go to like Calgary or something as a free agent, and then you hand the reins over next year to Gibson. Yeah, but oh, I'd go Anderson too. I mean, Anderson, he's been fine. Yeah, exactly. So I'd have no problem so going. Perron expected to miss at least two more weeks, and that was on April second. So he may <laughs> join them, kind of like a Malkin thing, where. Somewhere in that first round, And yeah. getting him back is great. That that slower style Anaheim plays is great for Perron. I, he took a lot of crap in Pittsburgh, and, and 
rightfully so. You, you give up a first rounder, the goals dry up, and he's not having any form of tangible results. But I've said throughout, I think he's a good player. It just wasn't working in Pittsburgh. He showed that uh, he still is a good player in Anaheim, and when they get him back, it'll be even tougher for them too. He always looked that one eighth a step behind everything that Pittsburgh wanted to do, even when they had um, Johnson's system in place. It didn't stick out quite as bad. Um, but then when they switched it over and just wanted to be go, 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 that's when Perron started to get exposed for his lack of foot speed. Really smart trade in that it gave Hagelin a chance to get out of the system that was negating his biggest strength. You threw a player in that was much more comfortable with a slightly slower pace, and it's amazing what happens when you actually put assets in systems to work for them. It's been great for both players. Yeah. So I'm taking Anaheim. You? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, San Jose and L.A. I just want San Jose to win this just for payback for when they are up 3-zip. Yeah, this is this is a really good series. San Jose's playing great hockey. Joe Thornton's awesome. Uh, but L.A. is just such a buzzsaw. And I, I want them out, not because I don't respect them. I, I just don't like watching their, their brand. Very successful, but... You know, it's it's not fun hockey to watch. It's dry. For me, I just, it's very I dry. Just don't like, I just don't like watching what they produce on the ice. And I'm not arguing that it's successful because it is. It's just not something I enjoy watching. And it it makes their series and their games that you watch painful. And, and it's like it, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be yuck to watch. It should be a fun sport to watch. And it's just LA hockey at the moment just isn't that. And hey, it works. I don't blame them for doing it. They've got a roster constructed that can actually do what Sutter wants them to do, so why would you not do it? I just hope San Jose can get through it and punish the hell out by now. I have to admit, they're reasonably similar. LA are a very similar style of hockey. Um, but I don't. This is a coin flip, to be perfectly honest. I want San Jose to win. Do I think they'll win? Not really. I probably think LA will, but I want San Jose to. Same boat. It's going to be tough for me to pick against L.A. here. They are, and we haven't mentioned them too much, they are the number one possession team in hockey leading into the playoffs. 58.1%. Pittsburgh's 568 at number two. So they're not only the best, but there's a, a sizable gap between one and two. Jonathan Quick, probably overrated in perception. That doesn't mean he's a, a, a bad goalie by any stretch that's not what i'm saying he's he's not henrik lundquist like people treat him like he's at 928 this year for adjusted save percentage which is where you know we've mentioned a bunch of these figures throughout this podcast everybody's in that range um so you just need him not to go cold and la should get through san jose really reimer's at 938 but will they start him will he play that way We'll see. Um, yeah, I, I definitely want Paul Martin. Want I want I want San yes. Jose through. Yes, the P Mart. You're a good call. I'd like to see the Bush Ranger go through another round as well. So there's a couple of Bush Rangers on that team. So 
I don't know. It's tough. How 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 is San Jose going to beat the team that has the best defenseman on the planet? <laughs> no, but in, in all honesty, Drew Doughty's a great defensive uh, shot suppression guy on a great shot suppression team. So in the playoffs, that's really going to be tough for people to crack through when he's on the ice. He may not generate the offense that Burns, Carlson, Latang do, but I think what gets lost in that whole Carlson Doughty thing is that when you're arguing for who is the best, the arguments get intense and you almost have to kind of pick and needle weaknesses to to make your argument. But really the, the player's excellent. That's why he's even in the discussion in the first place. So it's, yeah. but Muzzin's underrated to... guy. Muzzin has great impact on their team. I don't think a lot of people really talk about him. Yeah. Do their bottom, is, their, is their bottom pairing on their back end their biggest weakness? Or is it their bottom pairing in their... <laughs> I don't know. Is Rob Skidari playing a problem? <laughs> well, they've also got Vinny on the fourth line, and it's like they seem to be going okay with both of them on the ice. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where he was bad in Pittsburgh, he was bad in Chicago, but he seems to be okay in L.A. So... We'll see how it goes. But they do persist in playing with Drew Doughty. Just to give you a concept of how good Doughty is. <laughs> They've done it in do spots, this. but I think McNabb has played the most with him. Used to be Muzzin, but they've split them. Yeah. Um, here's what I want. If LA's going to win games, I want Vinny LeCavier to go on a run so he doesn't retire. And screw, what, because and of that handshake gentleman's deal? Yeah. Totally, it's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, yeah, okay, look, I'm going to say I pick San Jose with my heart, but my brain says L.A. And L.A. in six. I'm going to pick L.A., and we're going to get our first round. Top seed picked the, their opponent, L.A.-Anaheim matchup in the second round of real life. Yeah. Which will be just an amazing series in the second round. So, can't complain. Can't argue with that. Is there is there anything um, hockey wise that we want to discuss besides the players? Like we discussed um, Ovechkin, which was which was fantastic that he, he managed to do that again. Anything else that you can think of? I don't think so. I think we've I think we've packed in a lot today. Feels like we've covered it all off pretty. I mean, the only thing I mean we could extrapolate on playoff picks all the way to the finals quickly without breaking down the series if you wanted to but other than that I think we'll do them. I think we'll do that in a couple of weeks and we've got the player friends done Oh I, I meant some more so as predictions on who we think is actually going to win it all Oh well, I was stupid enough to do one of those playoff bracket things and unsurprisingly Pittsburgh ended up winning it See like <laughs> I do think they have as good of a chance. Micah's uh, prediction system that he has. Yeah, I know. Has Pittsburgh as the top one in the East, and I think LA in the West. So taking Pittsburgh isn't like this absurd, stupid thing. That they're playing great hockey, and they are my Eastern Conference pick. Because I, I, I think they're getting, they're gonna get healthier. I mean, obviously, if Latang goes down, that that 
that's done, in my opinion. But it's tough to argue against them in that conference because they're going to get through the Rangers, I believe. I think they match up better against Washington than people give them credit for, assuming Washington gets through. And then you look at the Eastern Conference final they'd be looking at, Florida, New York, Tampa, or Detroit, and it's like, all right, well, if they already buzzed through those other two. If you get whoever comes out of whoever comes out of that metro side of the draw should feel good pretty about good them. about getting assuming they're should, not slaughtered. Yeah, but you should feel pretty good about putting your best foot forward in that conference final to actually get to the cup final. You should feel pretty confident with that. Um and I look I've, I said to my wife, I said this is the the best I've felt about the Penguins going into the playoffs in a few years. I, I don't feel Nervous about them. I feel really confident about them winning. It's just you get there and you get on a podcast and you don't want to get there and go, Penguins in five, and uh, I think they'll they'll crush the Rangers and stuff like that. And it's all because of one player, and it's all because of Lundqvist, because goalkeepers are the best equaliser in this sport. And that's all it comes down to with my fear. If they played any of the other teams, this includes Holtby, I feel this nervous. I'd still... Because I think Pittsburgh can beat all the seven teams in that conference. It's just the one that I worry about the most is the one they have to play first. So I I know this the perception of both of us taking Pittsburgh in the East is just not good. But um, no. but can you argue heavily against it? I think you can argue for Pittsburgh as much as any team in the playoffs making the final. Yeah, but then the other thing is that you can make good arguments for other teams as well. But that's um, of course you can. But hottest team getting Malkin back. Hey, I, I, you and I didn't give Pittsburgh any chance last year against the Rangers. I was actually proud of the fact they got one, um, and and pushed again to OT. So, like this is a much different incarnation team wise to. to to the playoff that we saw last year, health-wise, and just generally the roster when it's when it's on the ice. So I, I feel really confident doing it. it. It's just one of those things where I just I can just get there and see going. Yeah, Pittsburgh will win it really easy. Um, not oh, no, none of it's going to be easy. I just no, think... not that either of us have said that. But you can I can see they're going. Oh, Pittsburgh will win it easy. And Lundqvist has two shutouts of fifty shots, and the Rangers, you know, win it in six. And you just sit there and shake your head and go, you got Lundqvist again. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, put it this way. Pittsburgh loses a D-man. They still have, like, Pouliot to come in, who is played better than I think even their their own team has given him credit for. So, as long as it's not Latang, They have a defenseman that can come in, and they got a lot more forward depth. They're, they're, when they're healthy at forward, they're going to be scratching guys like Bennett or Kuhnhackel, guys that are way better depth players than they've had and better depth players that some of these other teams have. Don't get me wrong. They're in a much better situation than they have been the last two playoff runs. So it's why I'm the most optimistic that I've been in, in the last couple of years. Um, I'm a Penguins fan. I'm always going to pick them. It's just this year I feel much more confident of them getting out of the first round and actually getting past the second round as well. I'm picking uh, with my head, though, this year. I know I'm trying to tell myself that I'm listening to you when I say I'm picking with my head. 
So, all right, that's East Homer pick, if you want to call it a Homer pick, but I don't think it is. <laughs> West, I'm leaning uh, L.A. I want Dallas. I know, I want, I want Dallas, but that's I don't see the goaltending holding up for three rounds. Well, if that's the case, it's Anaheim. Okay. So I, I say Anaheim beat LA and they beat whoever comes out of the other side. Whether that's Dallas, Chicago, St. Louis. So who's winning? We got Pittsburgh, of course. Yeah, okay. I'm a little less uh, certain about that part of it. I think Anaheim no, and LA look, are To very... be honest, I, I, I think if Anaheim gets in, I think Pittsburgh can beat Anaheim. Um, because I don't think they're quite as physical as LA um, and then not as quick as Pittsburgh. So I think Pittsburgh can skate around and skate through Anaheim, whereas if LA make it, Pittsburgh can't skate through them. They can try and skate around them, but you can't skate through them because they're just going to run you over. So that would be but a the, difference. But the speed is how you beat LA doing that because – yeah, no, no, I get that. But you've got to be able to find the lanes. And if interference isn't called through the neutral zone when you're trying to skate to a, a, a puck that's been dumped in an area for you to get to and it, you're interfered with all the way through the neutral zone, um, you can't get to the puck before the defenseman. So I agree with you that speed wins, but if you're not allowed to skate with your speed, then you're toast. And that's where LA's system works beautifully in the playoffs because – Interference isn't called cool because you've got to skate through it because you've got to be tough enough to skate through it. And if your team's created around speed, you lose the one edge you've got. Yeah, I don't agree with the logic there. I do think Pittsburgh is unique in the fact that they've totally sold out on the speed part of things. Oh, brilliant. I, I, I love it. Once so I think when I you sell out to the extreme, you can get through that bog down. Uh, stuff and it's not always with controlled entries, but just chipping it behind guys to a space you can go get it. And I think they've done that well, even when teams have tried to bog them down. I know Jesse they, Marshall they of the Pens blog is his. It just comes down to whether they're allowed to do it, and that will come down to the officials. But it gets harder and harder to get that stuff done as the year goes through because they've managed to do it, like you said, all the way through the regular season once. Sullivan took over. They've had that opportunity to do that that skate to the puck with the puck being left in an area. Just comes down to whether they get that opportunity to do that in the playoffs. But my uh, Jesse Marshall from the Pens blog has actually done some nice X's and O's detailed on how they're doing their breakout and how they have broken through teams that are trying to bog them down. So uh, they've there's evidence of them doing just that has it been to the kings no or the ducks whoever you you had ducks i had kings yeah yeah i'm the ducks um i'm just stating why but look any any one of dallas la or anaheim versus pittsburgh or washington would be a good watch you know, I would have said Tampa as well if they had Strawman and, and, and Stamkos in there. Um, I think that they'd be entertaining series to watch um, for a Stanley Cup playoffs. 
I kind of just don't want LA in there because I just don't like how they play visually. It's damn effective, though. So, you know, he's hoping for a, an Anaheim and, and Dallas East, Western Conference final and a, a Pittsburgh and somehow Tampa East. I would do Florida with Yager. Yeah, that's fair enough. I just don't want him there due to the whole just burn Pittsburgh. So, I think I'll pick L.A., I guess, just to... Oh, it makes sense. Logical pick, let's be honest. You know, so there it is. L.A. over Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh over Anaheim for you. I think... Uh... <laughs> There's a million different ways this could go, so you can listen back and say, "Boy, they really got that wrong." So it's all yep. do- it's all documented. It's forever on iTunes. So yep, yep, yep. <laughs> okay, I think that'll do. I think um, I hope you had fun at the the beginning part where we got to test out that top seed picking the opponent. I think it's much better than the current landscape. Although I think the compromise in the middle would be just to do what they've always done, and that would be. One eight two seven three six four five. Totally agree. So, um, if you'd like to support us on the podcast, you can uh, go to Patreon.com/slash/HockeyHerds to donate. It can be as little as one dollar a month or as much as you'd like. Uh, you can find Walshy at Walshy sixty six, Hockey Hertz at Hockey underscore Hertz, and me Ryan Wilson at Gunner Stall. So. Enjoy the playoffs. First round of the playoffs is the best thing in sports, I think. So definitely enjoy and uh, feel free to uh, critique all of our selections and, and find us on Twitter. So until next time, I'm Ryan Wilson. Oh, I'm Kurt.